Been hearing freedom right around the corner for 400 blocks. Ancestors free from slave catchers and they turn to cops. We remained as melanated even when the sun was black. It don't matter how it's decorated, we don't want your box. For today, decided not to give the pain another thought. My former conservation count my blessings, then I store them up. We don't need another martyr, we ain't singing morning songs. We gon' throw it up and throw it back into the morning come. But wow, fam, don't 1865 look like now, fam? Ain't Galveston just like Shot Town, fam? Sam Sam, we ain't playing around, no. Never could crush our hope. Rest in power, Jordan Davis, turn my music loud for him. Every holiday we celebrate, cause we've been here. Trials and tribulations, jubilees and riots still. Hope and peace like we all do, but still need more. Hopefully, this just still believe for what it's worth. Still believe, still achieve, still enjoy, still inspire. Lead with love, yet one bold, long endured. Here we are, so we can celebrate, even through the pain. We can celebrate, every day's a gain. We can celebrate now. Hey, y'all. My name is Ish. I use he, him pronouns. And welcome back to another episode of What We Need Now. Pretty sure you clicked on the title so you know what we're talking about today, but we're going to get into a little bit about freedom and what that means for black folks in the context of the Juneteenth holiday. Hey fam, uh, my name is Jonathan. I use they and them pronouns. You may remember me from earlier, the non-binary baddie mm-hmm. uh, from a previous episode this season. And that is exactly right-ish. Juneteenth is an extremely important holiday for the world, but in particular, Black folks, as we continue to wrestle with the idea of justice, freedom, liberation, all those complex things in the United States. Um, I know a lot of times when we're in conversations, folks really associate freedom and independence with like the 4th of July and the American flag and all these things, and even the Emancipation Proclamation. But the grim reality is even in those moments, not everyone was free. Not free indeed. Uh, In the era of the movement for Black lives, the continued attacks we see on Black and brown communities, and not to mention a year plus of a global pandemic, Mm -hmm. it's not hard to find reasons to question what freedom and ultimately justice really means with everything going on. Exactly. And we're going to take some time to get into all those pieces today. Uh, we have a great guest a speaker with us that we're really excited about that we'll dive into. And in today's episode, we will be exploring this key question of what is freedom as the world celebrates the Juneteenth holiday and all that it means. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. Let's get it. For Malcolm, Mumia, and those that fought for freedom, I say, Ashe unto you. For Malcolm, Mumia, and those that fought for freedom, I say, Ashe unto you. Ashe, 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 my Lord. Ashe, 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 I say, Ashe unto you. I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. I am the last slave that got the news that we were free. Every day is Juneteenth. Our blackness must be celebrated for those that waited and waited in waters who refused the same fate for their sons and daughters. This is for the martyrs, for the Philando Castiles, the Emmett Tills. It still gives me chills how the world stood still and we watched a cop kneel on George Floyd's neck. The disrespect, the disregard. Being black sometimes it get hard, but Trouble don't last always. You can't deny the truth. No matter how they try to Central Park Five, our youth, the proof is in the pudding. We do what they said we couldn't. Change gonna come. You can't block the sun. Back of the bus, back of the line, sun still gonna shine. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. They even say it in the book they use for enslavement that the meek shall inherit the earth. So, yeah, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. I am the last slave who got the news that we were free. Every day is Juneteenth for me. For Malcolm, Mumia, and those that fought for freedom, I say, Ashe unto you. For Malcolm, Mumia, and those that fought for freedom, I say, I say unto you. 
Welcome back, y'all. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that beautiful, beautiful selection. As y'all may have noticed, we culture it up in here, um, and we actually have an opportunity to cultureify you. That's a word. I made it a word. But no, we really appreciate uh, the words and the amazing talent that we just heard from. And now, as you all have been looking forward to, it's on to the episode. It's on to the interview. Again, me personally, uh, I don't want to be, as the young folks say, uh, a hype beast, <laughs> but we have an absolutely stellar um, guest joining us today. I'm excited. You should be excited. Get excited. It's take us in. Who we got with us today? Oh, that's right. I'm definitely excited. Today, we have none other than the amazing, the phenomenal, the interstellar Sophia Benrood from Black Visions Collective. Sophia Benrood is a Black multiracial queer community organizer, postpartum doula, and chef. Top chef in the house. Black. Sophia is the environmental justice organizer and co-founder of Black Visions Collective a Black-led, queer, and trans-centering nonprofit organization committed to Black liberation. Sophia is also a co-founder of Divine Natural Ancestry, a project that supports community through tools, supplies, and knowledge for growing food in BIPOC communities, and is committed to transforming the current movement by centering communities directly impacted by climate and environmental, food, and healing justice, while also building stronger movements to break down systemic violence. Period. Wow. Period. Wow. I was like, wow, I almost added multiple periods, but that's an ellipsis, so we don't need no, <laughs> there's nothing else up for debate. That's an exclamation point, too. But with all that being said, Sophia, welcome. We are excited to have you on. How are you doing? Hi, y'all. <laughs> um, wow, that was a really serious entrance. <laughs> um, the hypest moment of my day thus far, and probably for the rest <laughs> of my day. Um, maybe the week. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I love y'all. Of course, we're happy to. And I love green peas. Hey, well, we love you too. We want <laughs> yeah, to say. And, and, and for and for the listeners, that was not a paid endorsement. Uh, we, we just want to say that off the bat, that was that was not a paid <laughs> endorsement. That was a genuine. What 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 the kids say, organic. That was an organic uh, 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 reach for there. So I just. I, I just actually love black climbers, and I love Greenpeace because they taught me how to climb. So that's really where the love comes from. Yes. Side note, um, as we get into the questions, but <laughs> but yeah, I definitely um, also love Greenpeace Climbing. That's where I first met Sophia. Um, amazing. And yeah, nice. excited, excited. I'm just excited, y'all. I'm just excited. Nice. That's dope. That's dope. Look at those bonds being created. Cool, cool. Well, we're really happy to get you into the episode today. Um, let's hear about you. Sophia, can you just you know give us an overview of your work with Black Visions Collective that you've done, and also just what brought you to the work? What brought you to the space? Well, I've been co-founding Black Visions for now, what, like three years? And I was the environmental justice organizer for two years. And what brought me to the work? One of my like most noticed entrance into like environmental justice organizing specifically was actually working on line three and it's a fight that we're still fighting today and I don't know my parents were organizers I have been around organizers my whole life and went through a period where I wasn't around any and then I was like oh oh shit I like organizing (laughs) Um, I like holding conversations. I love education. I love political education. How am I um, understanding leveling up? And the entrance was honestly rough. To be honest, to learn all of the language and the lingo that is organizing um, was a rough entrance, but it has been a truly beautiful, transformative experience. And um, Co-founding Black Visions has been that as well. And transforming is not always cute, but I will say that it's a powerful thing. Um, And for that, I'm just super deeply grateful to myself and my comrades in my community. Yeah, I, I think I need to get a transforming isn't always cute uh, tattoo. I mean, I'm, I'm getting into like the shoulder region, like that. That that's like the live, laugh, love. Yeah, I'm about to. I'm about to get that. <laughs> that's about to be in my Amazon mm-hmm. shopping cart. I need that on the wall. <laughs> I was like, I'm with it because that's a very real, real statement. So with Black Visions Collective, with you co-founding that, so obviously you talk quite a bit about Black liberation. 
So what is your articulation of Black liberation and how do you see this as a part of the larger movement? I come from the framework of an understanding of Black queer feminisms and the fact that like when Black queer trans women are free, like we will all be free. Um, And I think I like to just reside in the space and place of like, what does liberation feel like and taste like and smell like to me Um, instead of like exactly what it will be, you know, because I think that it is going to be a compilation of many different people and many different fights and an ecosystem of building. And I don't even think I can conceptualize like what that is in full, but I have dreams, you know, Pisces moon out here and I'm just like, it tastes like curries and barbecues and like all of the goodness of juicy mangoes and passion fruit. And it smells like the cocoa Mm -hmm. butter and like fresh flowers and lilacs in the Mm -hmm. spring. You know, I, I just like, it feels like sun on the skin and like calm and peace in your heart. And like um, presence in your body, and so for me that that's really kind of what I always work towards, you know, in my own practices for my own self, and also like what I want for you know everyone else, all the little ones growing up, moving forward. Um, and it also looks like sharing, and you know, like navigating space and um, having space and time to like actually be in deep connection with not only the people around me, but also um, all the living pieces all the way down to the soil um, and like really understanding that. So that's what liberation is to me. <laughs> it's all the things. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if we could get you on an audio book with LeVar Burton. I'm just wondering, that was, that was such a beautiful answer. And like when you're talking about the cocoa butter, when you're talking about the passion fruit, all those things, and also uh, transparency listeners, also someone who is a black queer feminist, and that's also my politic as well. Thinking about like all the ways that like we're trying to work to make that a reality in the now, but also as you're saying, it's just like, you know, it's it's not always something we can like tangibly feel. So I'm wondering if you could say a little bit more about like what that process is of just like wrestling with or like. I don't know if wrestling is the right word, but you know, just like that, that kind of like tension of just like, they're the things that we want to like do and feel in the now, but then also working for the future. So I think it's really hard as a black person to vision sometimes, but one of like the people that black visions has worked with historically um, key, a transformative justice practitioner used to just, I always be like, have y'all done it? Have you done the work? You know, did you sit down? Did you visualize this? What it tastes like, feels like, smells like? Um, And so, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit. I'm going to sit in this room. I'm going to sit in the bathroom, sit somewhere. And I'm going to, you know, feel this out. I'm going to sit next to this tree right now and actually slow myself down enough to feel it out. And I think it is hard. It is hard being in the middle of capitalism and white supremacy and patriarchy and all the other, you know, things, overarching things that we're experiencing, but carving out that little moment to actually put the cocoa butter on my own skin or like even just sit there and like, so I went to herbalism school and to like sit there and like be in a practice of like soaking my herbs in oil for weeks And then taking it out and like straining it and actually making body butter and like being in a practice of like deep care for my own self and my own body and my own being has really held space for that vision, you know? And I admit like, I'll, I'll be, I won't be the first one to cry, you know, but I will be the middle ground person that will cry and be like, this is really hard right now. You're asking me to consider something that like I feel exhausted about right now, you know, Um, as an abolitionist sitting with, you know, oh, this might not happen in my lifetime, but I'm just going to hand the baton over and over and over again. You know, keep handing these seeds down. Every time I hand these seeds down, they're a little bit more ready for the weather that's coming for the next season. 
um, for the next growing season. So I think that's where I sit with liberation is like that hope, that praxis, and also community care. This whole self-care thing is really pushing, has been really pushed. And I think that there is more community care that could be pushed because it's not just on us. This is about relationships. This is about building and this is about our future and our community resilience practices. So I think that like I lean on my friends too in that, those moments, you know, of like talking about liberation with them, experiencing it in our own dreams and like art and um, our own personal like manifestations together. I, I love that so much. If I could just follow up, and I promise I'm I'm, I'm I hand it back to you, uh, Ish. I'm just I'm just here. I'm, I'm just here as your co-pilot. Um, I really I really appreciate uh, that. And I think for me, it's just like as you were speaking, and, and really on the piece of like slowing down, just taking it to a quick serious note. Also, just want to. <clears throat> take the moment and the platform to also uplift that like i think like yeah there's a lot of community care that is needed especially like uh for folks uh and and for my loved ones and my comrades uh in dc uh, which is unceded piscataway land we actually did just lose a, a a member of our community um nona connor um and a black trans woman and just knowing how the the pandemic has impacted all of us and knowing how like all these different components of like you know we really are trying to like especially as you mentioned as like black people we are trying to fight for these things the now and that's hard um but also just making that space for community care and so want to uplift uh nona's name um as a member we just lost this week uh, but continue to to strive to those things of community care and and, and the larger pieces so i just want to hop in before i get a little teary-eyed um but i just want to hop in and really uh, uplift that piece because i really appreciate uh uh you naming that we lost one and we gained one over and over, you know, gotta. I'm gonna hold that name on on these ancestor prayers and have some conversations. Thank you for naming that. And love that. Lost one. Sending love. One. Yes, sending love to DC. Cool. Well, we appreciate we it. Appreciate that. Some really good stuff. Already, like we got liberation going. We've heard a little bit about Sophia and what's popping in their works. Um, but we're gonna transition a little bit. We're gonna get into the title of the episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Juneteenth and just a quick, quick history for some of the listeners out there. Uh, Juneteenth, it's been around since June 19, 1865. This was after the Emancipation Proclamation when uh, Union soldiers actually had troops go to what Texas um, to let people know that slaves were now free and the Civil War had just ended. Um, so that happened over 150 years ago. Seems like so long ago and also not that long ago, especially considering the state that we're in. So um, bridging to the next question that I have, um, Sophia, what does Juneteenth represent? Uh, what does it mean to you? <laughs> Juneteenth to me represents some light, <laughs> some shedding of light um, of transition of steps forward, of the actual river moving, you know, the work. And Juneteenth is like a deep breath and like a piece of joy. And I feel like it's ours. It's our day to hold space for the truth of what what it really is. I honestly think it's like kind of dark <laughs> at the same time. Because the lies, the lies packed behind the truth, you know, and it, what does it take? What does it really take to shed light upon like freedom? You know, it's like black death, wars. So it's, it's a day that I hold a lot of joy, but I hold a lot of duality in the fact that um, we have been through so much. We're going to continue to go through so much. And that day is like that space to actually move through like those conversations and hold space for all of the emotions that come with that history. Yeah, I love that. I really, really love that. And especially for me, like as a person I've known about Juneteenth since I was a kid to go to an HBCU and hear like a lot of people did not really know about the holiday was uh, kind of heartbreaking. Um, and also what you just said, like how... <laughs> we're still like the lies behind it. Like um, that was over 150 years ago. And to see the state of black America today, like we're still like, wow, is this freedom? <laughs> like, is this what was promised to us in the beginning? And 
yeah, what you said has really resonated. And I want to just like throw that in there really quick because because damn. It is a box and people keep decorating it. I'm like, I don't want your redecorated box. <laughs> like, I want to rip your box apart at the seams and actually build something that that I want, that we want, that like we have co-created together. Um, and I feel like we're just still sitting in this box. It just has cute things on it. You know, maybe some plush toys inside. <laughs> Uh, and I also love how you mentioned, like you use the framing specifically, like this is our day, um, R, which I'm inferring to mean uh, blacks uh, with two S's, um, <laughs> black people. But like, yeah, I, I, I think what that brings to mind to me is, especially on that point, is like, I think a lot of times we see Black Friday, Thanksgiving, Easter, Mother's Day, for goodness sakes, right? Everything is so commodified and and so much, uh, you know, is put into that for that marketing. And we're seeing like the same thing happen with the Juneteenth is like now, you know, where it's just like, it's like, again, like you said, it's like, I don't, I don't want your box. And now people are just like, now you can get the box for $9.99. And it's just like, I think the irony of like what the, the holiday actually represents. And then like, as we're seeing this like wave of like people like just taking it in a different direction. I think about that a lot with Black Lives Matter signs. <laughs> I'm like, I never wanted your sign, okay? I have never wanted your sign. And the matter is the minimum, right? And I'm like, but did you show up to this thing? Are you actually showing up for Black people in your life? Are you even in relationship with Black people? Like, what does this, you know, look like? What does your sign look like? Okay, you know, <laughs> like, what does this mean to you? Um, in like real action. And, um, you know, cheers to Pedagogy of the Pressed because I am very passionate about praxis um, and it didn't start there and it won't end there. But um, I just think it's like, what are you really doing? <laughs> I want to see, I want to see what you're really doing with that. Yeah, we're going to dig further into the idea of celebrating Black freedom in the context of the reality of Black America in just a second. But first, we'll do a quick ad break. Hey, Ray Gal, how you doing on today? How are the kids? Good, good. You, you know they hard-headed as usual, but I'm maintaining per usual. Okay. And speaking of maintaining, let me maintain this appetite. Can I get some food? Go ahead and treat yourself. You grown. Okay, bet, bet. Hey, family. How y'all doing? Mom, it's your Auntie Angie. Mm, let me get some of this food. It looks just like mama used to... <coughs> <coughs> What is this? Who made this dish? Whose freedom is this? Point looking at all y'all. Who is it? Oh, uh, uh, what, what, what is it? Look at that. And I could smell from over here. All I'm saying is who, who, who brought this? See, I put it all the way in the corner because I knew somebody was going to try it out. I, like I said, who I almost threw it away. To the cookout. This is nasty, but I, you know, I didn't want to be disrespectful. But why you? I, I, I know you got better home training than this. <laughs> Come on, cuz. Why you let us eat it then? Well, look, look, I see I see the grill master is here. Curtis, Curtis, we you know you're the grill master. Could you please just, just help us out with this? We got <laughs> oh, snap. I just got here and y'all already fussing. Why y'all over here making all this noise? Better not be messing up that freedom. You know I've been waiting all week to get on this grill. I gotta say, I, I wish you hadn't waited quite so long, because as you can see, somebody messed up this freedom way before we got here. Yeah, I know that's right. It, it, it's definitely messed up, because it is... <clears throat> A dry, ain't got no flavor or anything. My taste buds and my ancestors have been disrespected. Mm -hmm. And this just is unseasoned. Mm. What kind of makeshift cutting corners recipe did this person use? They definitely didn't get it from my mama, my auntie, or my grandmother. It is so bland. Freedom. <laughs> they call it freedom. It sounds more like confinement. Ooh, child. And, and, and what is that hitting the back of my throat? Mm -mm. <clears> throat> it tastes like some presents, like mm. some private presents. Mm -mm, we can't have that. Mm, you know, I was choking on something. It tastes like the 13th Amendment. Mm, they put a few dashes of Kyla's debt in there for mm. show. Uh, let me get a little, a little taste. Ooh, ooh, nah. That's that's like generational oppression right there. It tastes like every child was left behind. Lord, we all ain't got to get up all riled up about it, but regardless of whose it is, and we won't point fingers, clearly this freedom was here before we got here, and it ain't right. I know, that's right. Mm -hmm. And since we need this freedom done right, let's just make some from scratch. I'm going to get it started. How y'all take y'all freedom? See, now that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so so for mine, you got to have a really big helping of reparations. That's right. That's right. 
And mine has to have some ability for all my sons to be able to freely walk down the street. True. Ooh, yeah. And I can't have mine if you don't put some health care up in it. You know I got to keep my Megan the Stallion knees strong. And it's best served without terms and conditions. <laughs> Hello? And my freedom isn't complete without universal access to pre-K as well as higher education. Go ahead and get educated. Mm-hmm. See, see, and a lot, of, a lot of people don't know about this, but I like to throw some co-ops. Oh, ooh, yeah, yeah. That's why I love me some co-ops. Yeah. And just like my mom's good cobbler, you got to have no family separation up in there, yeah, too. That's important. Yes. You know I got to keep a little BLM barbecue, so I got to put a little dash of that Black Lives Matter juice all over it. Okay. Oh, and I got to <laughs> saturate my dish with a little bit of homegrown good old food justice just mm. like grandma's garden oh yeah yeah and you know with a, a little bit of that accent like the parsley on the side i gotta have that housing justice too mm. real spicy mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, and some lorries mm-hmm. some lorries in there and, and some smashing and patriot Ooh, i just i just yes. have some you can't forget the lorries all right now i see y'all like y'all freedom done right so while the freedom we are offered now comes with terms and conditions, that just means we can collaborate in the kitchen to create freedom that is suitable for all. There can never be too many cooks in this kitchen. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So we're going to keep this thing going. I hope you enjoyed that wonderful ad. Juneteenth is in the building. Juneteenth is here strong. And we're going to keep this conversation popping. Um, but this next question I have is kind of, um, it's a bit heavy. I do want to know, like, in a world filled with so much chaos and black death, what does it mean for us to pause and actually celebrate Juneteenth, the holiday? Yeah, I think, I mean, why not? <laughs> we, we're we still here. It's still happening. We still have to, like, participate in resilience practices. It's like one of the things we do have power of is our joy. So why not conjure it? Why not hold space for it? Why not hold space for all of our emotions and like take a break? I mean, that's exactly what white supremacy and capitalism wants us to do, right? Is keep working, smooth it on, feel bad, feel sad, feel down, feeling like we're drowning, all the things. So why wouldn't we barbecue for a day? Why wouldn't we hang out with our family for a day? You know, I think I'm just like, hey, if you have the day off or you get off of the day sometime, like why not practice a little moment of celebratory joy, you know? So I don't know. I think, I think Juneteenth is also like an opportunity to just connect, you know, make your ecosystem a little bit stronger. I was actually down at George Floyd square last year on Juneteenth and it was very beautiful. Though there was a pandemic and I was very well masked and um, had many different sprays to wipe down my hands with and all the other things, I just felt so whole being in a space with a bunch of other Black folks that were like truly deeply celebrating something that was theirs. Like I don't I don't want to sit there and listen to fireworks on July 4th. I don't care. Don't care. Never will care. Um, But I will definitely listen to them with a bunch of black folks. And I know that we're like held and there's like an actual security team that is like black people actually leaning into community safety and like eating together, hanging out and sharing space and telling stories. So I'm just like, why wouldn't we? celebrate, you know, and this is, this is part of, um, like honoring the deaths of black folks is like saying, Hey, we're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to be here. And like, we're going to continue to like actually participate in joyous moments together and community build. Cause that's exactly what we need. So who's going to barbecue yes, with me I, this I year? I love that. And, and, and <laughs> for, for, you know, first off, first off, it is, it is still a pandemic Lovato. It is still a panorama. It is still Panasonic. Uh, it is still a panini outside. So um, I may not be there with you uh, in person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But blessings. I'm going to send blessings. Uh, and I, I can be there uh, virtually. But uh, <laughs> These virtual more, more barbecues. <laughs> we need to start you know? a whole thing. Virtual barbecue it up. We can all play the same songs, hang out. 
put our little phone out and like sit on the little Zoom calls. We could just wave at each other in each other's backyards. Be like, what's up? You know? <laughs> Actually, we all got that same cookout playlist too. Yes. <laughs> Following the, this the image of Beyonce before I let you go. Beyonce, before I let you go, and everyone doing uh, uh, the little little four count in their own uh, uh, yeah, living rooms. I love it. I love it. Dope, yes. dope. Cool, cool. Well, in that case, what work lies ahead for the movement? Like, what do you think justice can look like for Black communities? Justice can look like many things for Black communities. But one thing I would like to see is the abolition of the police. Um, I just, I truly deeply believe that the police are upholding so many different violent systems, um, and are fear mongering. And so for me, justice looks like them just not existing. For me, justice looks like money being moved into actual real community led safety, you know? Um, and that looks like real healthcare, you know, not the bum, we're going to pay a bunch of money into this thing. I'm just like universal health care for all. Why are we spending all the money on the militarized police when like we could have healthy people out here, holistically healthy people, right? Even just from like my postpartum standpoint, it's just like doula standpoint. It's like, why do we have such high black death from birthing? That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. So that looks like justice to me. Wellness, real care by Black people, for Black people, in ecosystems with many others, and it's culturally competent in all the different ways that we are actually calling for. And it's led by every single community because what Texas needs is not exactly the same as what Minnesota needs, you know? And we all know what we need and our communities know what we need. And so I just, I feel like that's, that's what justice is. And I think that every community and like black people are not a monolith, like black people are going to figure out what they need and what justice looks like to them in many different ways. But I just think that starting with the abolition of the police is a good point to start with. And in conjunction to that, the cages in which they use to capture people in and the prison industrial complex as a whole. Bars. Uh, one word, uh, listeners, bars. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I appreciate that so much because I think a lot of times like the popular uh, movement people or like people in different platforms, I'll, I'll, I'll say it like that uh, so I don't get any hate mail. Um, but like, I think there's people like in movement who often talk about like, you know, there is no uh, justice when a life is taken, right? Which is which is an accurate statement, right? But like what, what justice can look like, like we were saying is like this, the, the, the measures that we're doing to invest in our communities, which actually the only reason I'm talking is for a quick plug for our previous episode on food justice, what we're talking about, what it can look like to get healthy food for our community holistic uh so so i love that because yeah like really what what could what could a future look like when when our communities have what they need to like not just like scratch by but like actually thrive right real food sovereignty (laughs) (laughs) so all that piece of like just our community yes on abolition yes on all these pieces Another kind of thing that like we really want to like dig in with folks is like what are like some of like the major campaigns that we're seeing or like kind of calls to action that we're seeing like we really want to rally people around. I know that at the top, uh, if folks go back to the top, you listed off like the 57 and a half different things that you're doing because you're amazing and baller. Um, <laughs> and of those things, I know you're you're working on a lot of different areas, uh, whether it's farming, uh, the postpartum uh, doula work, uh, so on and so forth. And so, um, yeah, like I think it was like, what are the things we're trying to push for? Because I know for me, one of those things is the Red, Black and Green New Deal. Which I know that you know we're we're on the working group for uh, you, uh, you and I, Sophia, and then there's a little bit of work there. But I know that that that's like a concrete way where like Black folks are leading and building out structure and infrastructure, um, a climate agenda to actually like figure out like as Black folks who are often counted out in the environmental conversation, here's actually what a plan to like actually help our communities um, looks like, and then here's all the people who should be in leadership and who you should be empowering. So I'm wondering if like what are like kind of the top things that come to mind when you're thinking about like just in our community, Juneteenth, this is the opportunity for us to celebrate or like where are the places where we could, could be celebrating, uplifting? Mm. I mean, 
yes to the red, black, green New Deal. Yes to the Black Farmers Act. Yes to, I mean, there's just so much organizing happening. I mean, I only work a little bit nationally. Predominantly, I work locally. And we are working on an incinerator campaign. So we have the second highest amount of incinerators in the United States in our state. And so we've been working on shutting down the Herc incinerator. Um, It's in the middle of downtown. The air blows directly into one of the largest populated like black areas in (laughs) Minneapolis. It's like, it's COVID. Why wouldn't you shut it off? Why wouldn't you shut it down? You know, Um, we've been pushing for that for a long time. So I'm just like, cheers and sparkles or whatever you like biodegradable sparkles because we don't do all that down the drain but definitely yeah plugging all the incinerator work because i know detroit has done some really powerful amazing things on incineration and we just had a like amazing phone call with them a couple weeks ago and we at black visions have people's fast forward campaign actively defunding the police um, in Minneapolis and also working on ballot initiative to get our charter changed locally um, so that we can actually not have police because right now it says that we have to have police, a certain amount of police based on the population. And I know that there's a lot of work around like the whole United States and beyond that of people fighting with very many different tactics um, in regards to like whatever their version of a charter may be. (laughs) And I'm like, I have a little cheers, kudos plug to the 17 year old I'm working with. (laughs) Her name is Alexis and we're working on a mapping project together of mapping BIPOC farmers in the Midwest. Because y'all, I feel like the Midwest has been a little forgotten Okay, the organizers in Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, you know, folks are out here and the Dakotas and people are fighting for climate change in their own way. We've never had possums in Minnesota before. Okay, why are there possums in Minnesota? It's climate change. (laughs) So we have a beautiful, amazing people fighting against, you know, pesticides and big farming, you know, industry, big egg in the Midwest. And I'm always plugging the Midwest. I tell everyone they should just move to Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> pl- plug the Midwest. What, what, what I'll say is, 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 is a quick shout out to St. Louis. I will say there's a quick shout out to St. Louis. To this day, one of the most powerful uh, NVDA, which is nonviolent direct action trainings I've ever gotten to this day, was uh, hosted by the Organization for Black Struggle while everything was going on in Ferguson. So, like, yeah, shout out to St. Louis, shout out to the Midwest, shout 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 out to Black people because Black people are everywhere. Everywhere, there are Black people everywhere. Like, li- happy Juneteenth. You know what I'm saying? Like. Black people everywhere, not a monolith. We are spread out and also know, like recognize that freedom here is also freedom everywhere else. And black people are all around the world. This is global, right? Our our freedom, our resilience is deeply connected and intertwined to the freedom um, of our siblings all over, everywhere. Because black people are everywhere. (laughs) Beyonce said we run, you know, who runs the world. And I'm like- you know, black people. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. And I will, I will absolutely affirm anytime we have a Beyonce reference. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love uh, to talk, if you could t- share a little bit more about the incineration campaign. I know that years ago, I want to say that in the 90s, maybe the 80s or 90s, uh, Greenpeace did uh, some anti-incinerator work. And I know that's like really like powerful and like has direct impact on community. So I'm wondering if you could say a little bit more about that process. And also specifically just because I know like we've had a, a slight conversation about this previously about like, you know, trash does, doesn't disappear, uh, you know, and, and, and it lives with us. Yeah, I don't know why people think that it is not compost. Plastic does not compost, y'all. Okay, and compost is not something disappearing either. It's transforming and changing something into something that's useful. I <laughs> incinerators, they're terrible. The incinerator locally here gets renewable resource credits. So they actually don't have to pay as much taxes. Incinerators burn trash. 
our incinerator burns trash from all over and predominantly from the suburbs where most of the white people live. <laughs> so we are breathing in the air that a lot of other people that are using and consuming mass amounts of things, and it's just getting burned and put into the air. It's not disappearing. It's going into our lungs. That's why black people have the highest rates of asthma in the United States. And it is pre they're predominantly placed by like indigenous black like people of colors homes and like places where they reside and Gaia an organization was the one that gave us the grant to start working on this people have been fighting our incinerator for about 30 years now they are supposed to age out at about 20 or 30 years so it's old it needs to be gone and taken down. And really, honestly, the biggest solution for incineration and trash in general is zero waste. Um, and how do we actually shift our relationship mm. to consumption overall? And also, it's not our job as singular people. This is a corporate issue. You know, they need to actually reformulate how they make Ziplocs. Like, why don't you reformulate mm -hmm. and rework, you know, how you're actually creating the products that consumers are buying? Because we know that we need certain things to live, but I don't need plastic on the outside of every single toilet paper, you know, wrapper on top of Come another on. piece of plastic to bundle it together. It's absolutely ridiculous. I know they have better ways of doing this. Why didn't you just wrap it in paper? It's for convenience. Um, and it's not for the convenience of us. So it's for the convenience of them. So I really encourage like analyzing, thinking through how we can actually push Target, Walmart, fossil fuel industry as a whole, all these different groups, you know, to actually make and create products that are better for us, you know, and for our mm. all living things. Yes. Um, and, and real quick, I, I really appreciate you taking a moment to dive into that because it's, it's, it's really important. And yeah, specifically uplifting the fact that like more often than not, we are in these situations where high wealth communities, uh, primarily white communities are having their trash at, burned in these incinerators that are directly impacting black and brown communities. And these folks are directly breathing in plastics, microplastics, and uh, that potato salad with the raisins in it. Um, and that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, with the raisins. I just want to add one more thing about incinerators. I know I've gone on this long thing. I People are just like, okay, then what do we do? What do we do with the trash? You know, we're just going to bury it in the ground. We're just going to have more. Um, we're just going to, where are we going to throw it? We're just going to put it in the ocean. And it's like, actually, no, like none of those are solutions. You know, Greenpeace has been fighting against all the trash in the oceans for years. And also burying stuff in our soil is definitely not going to help. So yeah, zero waste is the only way compost and supporting and pushing for like real political education for people to understand in depth, you know, what solutions are actually available and how we can support and push for um, accountability in those in those ways. Yes, yes. Come on, accountability. Huh? Come on. Come on, wig snatched. Mm -hmm. um, all right. And one last thing, one last thing. Again, for accessibility, I want to come back and explain myself a little bit more. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you taking that time because, yeah, I think it was well worth it to take the time and kind of hear a little bit more about the campaigns that you've been working on, um, as well as a little bit more specifically about this incinerator issue because it impacts so many different communities across uh, the so-called U.S. Um, but the Red, Black, and Green New Deal is a network of uh, Black individuals, organizations, as well as there's an allied network that supports uh, that is really grounded uh, in the reality and the urgency of the moment of like what has to be done to like protect the, the health of Black and Brown communities. Because as Sophia said earlier, coming from a Black queer feminist lens and a politic, understanding that if we actually work for and, and, and make life better for the folks at the margins, that actually helps to make life better for everyone right and so those are the people that we're fighting for and with and following the leadership of um and uh this network is grounded in a nine point plan we love a good bullet point uh one is honor the water uh two is democratize energy three is free the land 
Four, reimagine and redefine labor. Five, end extractive economies and restore stolen black capital. Come on, reparations. Uh, the next is advanced democracy for the people on planet. Uh, the next is root in the... I, I lost a count of tracking, so I didn't want to look silly. <laughs> but the next is root in the right to breathe. Uh, again, what Sophia was talking about, that right to, to, to clean air. The last two are de- declaration of climate and racial urgency, understanding that this is a moment to act. Uh, and then also global South solidarity, understanding that like when you buy an iPhone, uh, when, you, when, you, when you go get a laptop, whenever you do it, you know, it's just not something that like impacts your community. It, it reaches far reaching. So uh, we'll, we'll have links to all these things um, of Available for folks uh, in our follow-up blog, but I did want to go back and do that and just encourage people to like check out these campaigns and other campaigns because there there's endless opportunity um, for folks to get engaged in this work, and I think that's really important to uplift. But definitely be following the leadership because we're talking about Juneteenth of Black folk. Absolutely, absolutely. I thank y'all both, Jonathan, Sophia, for dropping those gems and sharing out. Uh, that as well. Feel free to check that out. We're going to have more links and we're going to have more things to tell you all about. But before we close out this episode, uh, we covered quite a bit. Um, there is one question um, that we do ask all of our guests. Uh, so, Sophia, what do you think we need now? I feel really hard. I feel like this is a hard question because I feel like everyone needs something different right now. And I I also feel like I can't speak for all Black people and what we need right now. I can speak for what I see, you know, um, what I've experienced. And I think something that we're fighting for and folks all up and down the Mississippi, you know, are fighting for is like against pipelines. We're fighting for water, clean water, clean air. Um, We're fighting for our lives in so many different ways. Um, But I think that, you know, after this pandemic, something we might all need, except for the people that don't like to be touched, is a good hug (laughs) Um, and some good food (laughs) that's not ordered in to your house. (laughs) Um, And maybe a CSA share because CSA shares were started by Black people in the first place. But yeah, I I think what we need is just to have more time. And maybe our time to reformulate it, because I think what I deeply desire is to actually build and commune and share space with more Black people, all Black people. Yeah. And some sleep and some naps. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about right now. (laughs) And I hear it from my friends, too, and community members and um, people surrounding me. So I don't have an answer for the whole, but I can answer for some. Yes to all of that. I am here for it. I'm a hugger too. So when I'm allowed to hug people and people <laughs> are allowed to say yes to those hugs, I'm coming in. I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> but Sophia, thank you. Oh, this was so great. We really, really appreciate having you on the podcast episode for Juneteenth. Um, it was amazing. Just want to share our thanks really quickly. Yeah, thank you for having me, y'all. It's been absolutely lovely and also the best podcast experience I've had thus far in my lifetime. So I have a um, deep appreciation and gratitude for each and every one of you and all that you do. So thank you for holding space. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 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 working on accepting compliments, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna resonate with that and just say thank you in the moment. And yeah, just checking back in one more time. Is there anything else that you want to say? Anything else? Like no pressure, zero pressure. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to say that no organization, no no one black person, no black people are alone. You know, we are an ecosystem, um, and ecosystems mm. thrive and strive on deep connections and it's like a ripple you know when something is off in one piece of the ecosystem other pieces of the ecosystem work to find balance so we aren't alone and just recognize when like you are short on time or like your organization has needs or you have needs or your political home like there is so much more to our ecosystem than just that present moment and just you and we've, we've got each other. We keep going and we keep moving and we keep throwing it back, you know, when, when we get a chance to. We want to thank Sophia again for joining us on this episode of What We Need Now. 
It was truly a pleasure to have him join for this very important conversation. Absolutely. Um, yes, big ups to Sophia for joining us and we appreciate all the knowledge you dropped on us. Uh, and again, if you haven't already, please, please, please follow and support Sophia and Black Vision Collective's work. Uh, it's important work. It's Black-led work. You know, we always talk about supporting <laughs> supporting Black folks, supporting uh, us in this movement. Uh, that's mm. a key way to do it. And uh, they're doing some really great work. And again, you can find those links in our blog and social media posts uh, when this episode goes live. Absolutely. Everyone hit up themselves socials please it'll be great um and we also want to remind everyone that although there are many paths to a more just future it's gonna take all of us fighting together to get there no matter your age gender ethnicity or anything we are all needed in the fight for black lives point blank period whether it's environmental justice racial justice data justice there's a place for everyone in the movement be following the leadership of black folks indigenous folks folks who are directly impacted by all these things that we're facing and make sure you join a local organization support the work and the leadership of black and brown folks right like i'm gonna say that again uh support the work and leadership of black and brown folks again as we continue to work for what we talked about today freedom for justice and liberation and ultimately being on the right side of history and that's all for now but we will see you next time on what we need now Every day.